Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on betonline.net as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. Uh, so since the last time we spoke, a lot has happened. Uh, we'll start with the World Series. Uh, congratulations to Dusty Baker, former manager of the San Francisco Giants. Been in the league for 25 plus years. Um, and I think he's 71 now. Finally won the elusive World Series. He's coached a lot of uh, great teams, great regular season records, but hasn't been able to win the big one. Um so congratulations to him. I don't like the Astros, but um, I'm okay with uh, with Dusty Baker winning that. But great World Series. Um, you know, I guess Astros won without you know cheating. I know it's been five years, but I still still can't let that go. Um, so we'll get into NFL. A lot of NFL news. Uh, NFL trade deadline came and went um, since the last episode. And then also uh, the hiring of Jeff Saturday for the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get into the NBA. Uh, check with the NBA and uh, Steve Nash's firing, uh, potential Ime Udoka situation there, um, some stuff with Kyrie Irving, and then, um, yeah, we'll do some parlay picks and stuff. So, uh, first off in the NFL, um, we'll recap the trade deadline. Uh, just some, some, you know, some good trades, I guess, here. The Buffalo Bills uh, trading Naeem Hines for... Um, or trading for him, and they traded away Zach Moss, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, really big trade here for the Denver Broncos. I don't know what, if the Denver Broncos are trying to win, I don't know why they would trade Bradley Chubb, but they traded Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins gave up Chase Edmonds, but then the Miami Dolphins also traded for Jeff Wilson Jr. from San Francisco, who is reunited with uh, McDaniel, head coach for the Miami Dolphins used to be the offensive like running back play caller for um, for San Francisco, um, so that so you know Miami is all in on Tua and this current team that they have. They're very talented. All depends on Tua, but to bring in Bradley Chubb and um, and Jeff Wilson Jr. who made an immediate impact for that team is um, those are good trades for them. Uh, Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley, who's currently suspended for. Uh, gambling last year during COVID, uh, so they suspended him for a year. Or the league did, um, so they brought in a weapon for Trevor Lawrence, but he can't play until next season. But I do like that trade for uh, Jacksonville. Another one, which was pretty, I think I was, I was pretty surprised about this. Chase Claypool traded to the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields has been needing some help all year long. That's been, you know, everything everyone's talking about in uh, Chicago is that there's no offensive line, no weapons for him at all. Um, TJ Hawkinson uh, from the Lions traded to division rival Minnesota Vikings, which is great. 
They needed someone in the, up the middle as, as a uh, receiving tight end there for Kirk Cousins. So now you have um, a bunch of explosive players, playmakers on offense for Kirk Cousins and that team. Uh, they're looking great so far. Uh, Baltimore Ravens acquired a Rokon Smith from the Chicago Bears. Uh, so Bears, I don't know what they're doing. They traded for Chase Claypool uh, to have a number one wide receiver, but then they traded away their best linebacker, Rokon Smith. I guess probably because they didn't want to tr- uh, pay Roquan Smith, but for the Baltimore Ravens, it's good. They get a a star li- linebacker and uh, someone they're going to have to pay. They need an identity on defense. Their defense is good, but could be a lot better, so that's a, a great addition for them. Uh, the New York Giants traded uh, Kadarius Toney, former first-round draft pick wide receiver to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City is needing some more depth at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, they have to get... Patrick Mahomes, some more weapons there. Uh, Robert Quinn, also from the Chicago Bears. Chicago traded their best defensive players, uh, traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, which, you know, this is a good move for the Eagles, obviously, because they're undefeated, needed another pass rusher. Always good to get pass rushers for a Super Bowl run. So they're, um, yeah, they're just, they already have a really good defense this year, and then they just added Robert Quinn. Um, so they're they're looking fully complete here um, this season. And then what other good uh, trades here? Uh, James Robinson went to the New York Jets. Um, you know, good trade because Brees Hall was out for the year and the Jets are looking to, you know, make an impact here this season. They did beat the Buffalo Bills this past week, so they're, um, they're making strides, some serious strides. Um, and then... I guess this was a smaller trade. Robbie Anderson traded from Carolina, Arizona after he was kicked off of the kicked out of the game, told to go to the locker room. And then that was it. But there's some good there's some good trades there. I did like a lot of those um a lot of those moves for those teams. And a lot of more action than usual. Usually there's not like many trades at all. There's always like some random trades, but that was um, a lot of action for the NFL trade deadline, which doesn't happen because you know when you're trading for players in the NFL, like midseason's kind of it's kind of hard because you have all your training camp and stuff, and then you know you have to learn the playbook. It's a lot harder than in the NBA, but uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of trades there. All right, so should we get into all the drama? Uh, so it's for the NFL football team, the Indianapolis Colts, just uh, so they fired Frank Reich. Uh, he has been the coach for five years. The Indianapolis Colts have been an absolute disaster since he started there um, last like I mean since Andrew Luck retired even when Andrew Luck was playing the last two years they were a disaster because they didn't have an offensive line for him at all then they uh, then they hire Frank Reich and um, they bring in a carousel of uh, quarterbacks if you can name all of them uh, it was like Matt Ryan now it's Sam Ellinger uh, they had Philip Rivers um, well so they have they had Jacoby Brissett uh, they just had so many different quarterbacks, and none of them worked out. Um, you know, and even the play calling with uh, with Jonathan Taylor, like he should be getting, you know, 25, 30 carries a game, and they're just not doing that. They don't have a true number one wide receiver. Their defense is supposed to be good, hasn't been great. Um, their offensive line has struggled this year because Matt Ryan was the most sacked quarterback in the first was it first four or five weeks of the season, but that was supposed to be their their strong point. So they decide to bench uh, Matt Ryan, and he's injured so that he's never going to play for the Colts again, right? And then all of a sudden, breaking news that they fire their coach, and then like minutes later, they announced Jeff Saturday, former offensive lineman, current, or not current anymore, but he was a current 
NFL analyst for ESPN. They hired him as the interim coach. It's like, wait, what? And uh, everyone obviously was shocked and started. Then uh, Jim Mercer, the owner of the Colts, received a lot of backlash because uh, Jeff Saturday has never coached in high school, college, or NFL. He's only played. He was a center for, was it 15 years or something? He was in Green Bay. He was in Indianapolis. So he was there with Peyton Manning and stuff. And he had this passionate speech that it's like, oh, you know, I've been in the locker room with all these leaders and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. I know what it takes. And da, da, da. You've never coached before. <laughs> like, what? Like, start off as an assistant, to uh, offensive play caller, something. Uh, you know, a, a running back coach, an offensive line coach, something to put the time in to show that you can coach. Because as we've seen, you know, just because you have the experience or because you, you've played with someone or coached with someone, you might be terrible when you're the head coach, i.e. Josh McDaniels. The Raiders are an absolute disaster also. They're a train wreck. You have Darren Waller on the IR. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Renfro is on the IR. And Derek Carr is having like his worst year of the year. The only bright spot of that team is Josh Jacobs is having a, a career year this year. But that's it. And that And the same thing might happen with the Colts. Like, what the hell are the Colts doing? You just need a good coach there, and you need a good quarterback. Maybe it's Sam Ellinger, probably not, but, I mean, it better go with the young guy than the old guy who can't move in the pocket. But the thing with Jeff Saturday just drives me crazy because what happened to what happened to the Rooney rule? I, aren't we supposed to hire – aren't we supposed to interview minority coaches? Like, isn't there, like, a long list of other coaches that, that we can hire or that you can at least interview before you just come – to hire uh, Jeff Saturday. And then even Jeff Saturday said he was shocked that he was offered the job. And, he's, and then he accepted it too. Like this is just a terrible hire. The I mean, we talk about the commanders are, are a train wreck, but you know, at least the Colts have had some winning seasons. But even like with the stuff that they have there, like they've just been terrible. They they had they didn't manage the Andrew Luck situation well at all. And um, now like after that, like it's, it was just bad. And then even when Peyton Manning left, they they shoved him out of the room. He's a Hall of Famer, and they just replaced him with Andrew Luck. And he came back and won a Super Bowl with Denver. So he still had the skills to win a Super Bowl there with Indianapolis. And they just like let him out. And it was it was messed up how they did. Peyton Manning at the at the end of his tenure there in Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis, but they need, like, I mean, Jim Irsay said that uh, Dan Snyder, owner of the Commanders, used to go, but man, I I feel like he has to go too. Like this is this is such a bad move, and so, um, but they didn't they didn't name him permanent coach, I guess. So they brought him in as an interim coach. So maybe it's just for the end of the season. And then they'll decide, hey, you know, this works out. We'll we'll keep you for the rest of the year, or no, let's you know, let's move on, or let's just move, keep you here as like you know, offensive line coach or something like that, right? Because just there's eight eight games left. They play the Raiders this year this week, so I don't know. Both teams are bad, so maybe it'll end at a zero zero tie or something something terrible. But uh, but yeah, I was surprised. Everyone else in the in league circles were pretty surprised as well. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so on to the NBA. There's a lot of updates on Kyrie Irving. He he had doubled down on the the movie that he promoted, and then everyone was asking him, "Hey, you know, we need you to apologize." 
So he kept not apologizing for what he was doing. He just said, I don't share those views, whatever, whatever, whatever. But he never said, I'm sorry to the community and all that. He just didn't, he like doesn't know how to apologize. And he wasn't taking full blame for it. This net situation, by the way, it's like, it's funny. And then it's also sad. And then it's just like, it's just a mess too. Because like they had, okay, I'll get into this in a little bit. Let me just say what, um, what happened here. So, okay. So Kyrie Irving, he ends up getting suspended for five games, right? He's suspended for five games. And then, you know, now Nike ended their relationship with him, which rightfully so, you know, you can't, you can't promote someone's shoes and then who's going to share these views, right? Like there's a lot of people who he hurt with his post and then doubling down on it and then arguing about it, not thinking he was wrong, refusing to delete it. Then he finally deleted it because everyone was after him. Okay. And then he has to meet with Adam Silver, who happens to be Jewish. So he met with Adam Silver and then Adam Silver says, Oh, he's not anti-Semitic, but he has to donate $500,000 and then meet with leaders and all this stuff. So then he decides to donate 500,000, but the Jewish leaders, they rejected the money because they said they can't in good faith accept it because he did not truly apologize, which I love that they did that because then, because you know, sometimes something's happened, they accept the money and then it kind of goes away. It's like, well, you accepted the money. So I, I love that they stood against, uh, Kyrie Irving there and did not take the money. And, um, so he's suspended for at least five games. And then he has these new terms on what he has to do. So he has to meet with leaders. Um, he has to get educated about the situation. And like they're asking, like, you know, they're asking him to do a lot. But I mean, what he did was, was disrespectful and it was, it was ignorant. And so he has to learn, right? But there hasn't been a lot of, of other NBA players who spoke out against what Kyrie Irving shared or what he said. Most the, so the only one who said anything was LeBron. He was like, "Oh, you know, I'm against you know, saying hurtful things towards all people. I always stand by that, whatever, whatever." But then after that, a couple of days later, he said, "Oh, but the punishment for Kyrie Irving is just too much." Paul Pierce came out and said, "Oh, the punishment for Kyrie Irving is too much." Jalen Brown has said that. Multiple NBA players have said that the punishment is too much, but only one of them came out and and was uh, outspoken against Kyrie Irving, which was LeBron, but then he wasn't really outspoken because he was also defending him. So it's a weird situation. So it's like, okay, it's kind of, it's just weird how quiet these other current NBA players are. Like none of them are standing up against anything except whenever it's, you know, social injustice that they want to talk about. There's also injustices with, with the Jewish community. But we just want to talk about Black Lives Matter because it directly affects them and it's their direct community. But I would implore them to look in the lens of other ethnic groups or minority groups because there's a lot of other situations besides Black Matters, Black Lives Matter, right? So us as a society have to see look beyond ourselves. And I think the NBA players and the NBA community is having a hard time looking beyond themselves because it's like, oh, well, I'm black and my brothers and sisters are black and we're seeing what's happening here. So let me talk about it because this is how I would feel if I was in that situation. But there's not a lot of like, oh, well, if I was Jewish, this is how I would feel if I saw 
a famous person sharing this video. Like they, none of them have said that, right? And I think that's the problem is that they're stuck in their own their own bubble in terms of what we should fight about, right? It's like, well, we should fight about it across the board, right? We should fight about it with the Asian community, the Mexican community, the gay community, and the Jewish community. Like every every community, we should be fighting for everybody, right? Because we all want like, to not experience the same stuff and we'll all want to be equal, right? So that's that's the problem I have with this whole situation is that not... Not every NBA player is speaking out. Most of them are just defending Kyrie. It's like, oh, I understand what he did, but that's just too much. It's like, well, how, what's too much? Like, I just, I don't understand. Then why did he share it? Why does he have these views that, that Kanye West apparently has? Like, why does he have these same views? I don't, I don't understand how that's too much, but like, but not how he made people feel. That's not too much though, right? So I just, I just have a problem with that. But um, going on to this, this uh, Brooklyn Nets situation, it's just... A disaster. Joe Tsai, the owner of the Nets, is obviously so tired of having uh, Kyrie Irving on the team. Like I would be sick of him. I would have already released him or traded him because he's just—he's not worth the drama. The Nets are just—they're—I've said it again—they're a disaster. They have Ben Simmons now. Ben Simmons came and play. He can't even play basketball. He can't even defend. He's supposed to be a this great defender. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm laughing. This is just cracks me up. He's supposed to be this great defender. He cannot defend anyone at all right now. And then he's scared to shoot the basketball. He's fouled out like more more games that he's like scored in. It's just ridiculous. And I think he's averaging like seven points per game. It's just oh man. <laughs> he just doesn't want to play basketball, man. Everyone's like, oh, what happened with this Ben Simmons trade? We gotta we gotta get ready for Ben Simmons. Like, dude, no, you don't. Ben Simmons does not care about playing basketball. When he was at LSU, he did not care about playing basketball. He just wanted to get to the NBA and get paid and then do his thing. That's it. He has never progressed since his rookie year. He's the same basketball player that he was uh, at LSU. The only difference is that he has that ugly looking chin strap beard. That's the only difference. But everything else is the same. Same ugly jump shot. Same, you know, overrated defense. Everything's the same. Um, but yeah, and then with that, and then, you know, this is all on Kevin Durant too, though. You know, Kevin Durant, not everything's on Kevin Durant, but if you're the best player on the team and you're you're supposed to be the leader. He always wanted to be the leader. That's why he wanted to leave Golden State because it's like, oh, this is Steph's team, but I want my own team, right? He's Steph's getting all the credit. It's because Steph is the leader and he's the best player. Like even he was the best player on the team, but Steph was more important than Kevin Durant because look, they just show they just show that they won without him, right? But um, if you're the best player, you have to take a leadership responsibility. Like he needs to have a real conversation with Kyrie Irving. Like, hey man, do you want to play basketball? Or should we trade you? Because I've defended you to the the ownership group. And to the GM, to Sean Marks, and to the to the media and the fan base, like he's always having to defend him. Like if that's his boy, he should have a straight up conversation with his boy. But he's not, and he should have a, he should get in Ben Simmons's face about improving as a basketball player. But he does, he's not, and he should have gotten the face of James Harden, but he probably didn't. He's that friend that just lets you do whatever. If you got if you, I would hate to be Kevin Durant's friend, and I'm like I have like a drug problem. And he never confronts me about it. He just goes, lets me do a bunch of drugs because he's not a leader, not doesn't want to see me succeed. He's like, oh, whatever, man. I'm going to do me. You do you. You go ahead and do your thing. I'm like, wait, no, dude. I need some help, man. Obviously, I'm addicted. Like, help me out here. He just seems like that kind of person. I don't know. But but if you're the leader of the team, the best player, like, that's on you. That's on you, man. And then, so then what happens is Steve Nash gets fired, which 
you know, I don't think Steve Nash should have been a coach, but it, it, the situation wasn't his fault. You know, he started making strides as a coach. You know, he was like 93 and 64 in his in his time in, in Brooklyn. Like, that's way better than what I thought initially, but uh, he gets fired. And so they have to blame someone, and they blamed him. And then Kevin Durant had the audacity to say, oh, yeah, I was taking a nap, and I woke up, and I saw Steve Nash was fired. No way, dude. In the offseason when he was trying to get traded, part of his demands, which they all denied, but I think it's true, he was like, oh, you got to fire Steve Nash. So now the season's going poorly. Kyrie's popping off again, and the trade rumors are starting, right? So they're like, oh, probably behind the scenes, they're like, oh, well, you need to, you need to fire Steve Nash. So he's like, okay. Uh, they're like, all right, well, let's fire Steve Nash so then we don't, you don't get another trade request, and then Steve Nash gets fired. But not only that, it doesn't end here, guys. Ime Udoka, the disgraced former head coach, or current head coach, I guess, but he's not coaching, of the Boston Celtics, who had an affair with a subordinate who was also married with children, which he's married with children. And they had this whole relationship, and then he gets suspended for the year. The Brooklyn Nets were about to announce that they hired him, (laughs) and... Then they changed their mind because all the backlash. Uh, yeah, there's gonna be backlash from that. Like, what are you, t- what are you doing? Like, Brooklyn has they have no idea what they're doing. They have great players and they have no idea what they're doing. And then um, everyone just started like, oh well, how come he gets to coach the Nets but he can't coach the Celtics? Like, what? And so there was there's a bunch of backlash. So they they named Jackie Vaughn the head coach. So he's coaching them now. But they used to have Ime Udoka on the bench. He was a bench coach there. But you can't, come on, he just got suspended. You can't bring him to Brooklyn, like, come on. But that's what they need, though. They need someone like that who's going to get in the face Ben Simmons, challenge Kyrie Irving, even in the face of Kevin Durant, because he needs he needs someone to get into him a little bit, like Steve Kerr kind of did sometimes, and that was why the relationship fractured towards the end. But um, the big three that never was, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and and uh, Kevin Durant, they played, what did they play, 13 games together? Steve Nash never had a shot, never had a shot with those personalities and like the injuries and stuff. And just, they were never able to gel on the court. Um, I love Steve Nash. He's a great basketball mind. He's a great player. Just seems like an overall good dude. But uh, this was just um, a job too big for him. But not, not just because he's Steve Nash, but it was a big job for anyone else is too big of a job like you need like you need like phil jackson there to manage these or like greg popovich you need you need like a, a, a nba coaching heavyweight to be there because this situation is just it's bad i think they should just flush it down he just gotta trade kevin durant he's great but i mean this team is a playing team right now like they're they're, they're playing ben simmons at heavy minutes and then Kyrie's just you know Kyrie's just Kyrie. But they still have some people they're they're waiting to come back. You know, they had just had Seth Curry back, um, Joe Harris, and you know, they have some pieces, but it's like, well man, what are you gonna do with these pieces? Um yeah, I just I just think they need to they need to blow it up. Um, let's see what else. So we'll check in with the rest of the league here in the NBA. Uh the East looks good. You know who's really good and exciting to watch right now is Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh they are they did lose three straight. But that trade for Donovan Mitchell has shown that it was a really good trade for that team. They needed someone like that. He's been really explosive. You could tell last couple of years Utah was just was not working out. Uh, but the Bucks are at the top of the East, 10-2. Celtics looking good at 9-3. Winners of five straight. Uh, the Hawks, I know it's early. I, don't, I just don't believe in the Hawks, but they're 8-4. and four. 
Uh, DC six and six, Nick six and six. Okay, so then the bottom part of the standings. Like I don't want to overreact for the teams that look good, but then I I, I kind of want to overreact for the teams that look bad, which I don't know. This seems like a problem, but uh, yeah, the the Sixers are only five and seven, and then the Heat are five and seven, and the Heat. I'm kind of worried about the Heat because. I think I said this last year and the year before was that, you know, I like the pedigree and everything that they have. Jimmy Butler, when the playoffs start, he turns it on and he's good. But they have a lot of old players that they're relying on. And then they didn't have, like, Duncan Robinson on the floor during the playoffs. And then you're relying heavily on on Tyler Hero, who's kind of spotty. And, you know, like, you have Kyle Lowry there. Kyle Lowry is, like, how old is he now? He's got to be, like, 37, 38. And he's not aging well. You know, he seems like he's always injured. Uh, but they needed a move where they were going to bring in like a Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal, some big fish like that to play with Jimmy Butler. Because Jimmy Butler, he's, I mean, he's getting up there in age too. He's 34, right? 33, 34. So he can't keep doing the same input in, that he has for for the playoffs. Uh, Sixers, I don't know what the Sixers. Um, James Harden is trying to take more control of the offense, you know, when the offense should be run through uh, Joel Embiid because he's the best player. Um, I think, I don't know, it could be on Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is probably going to get fired this year because they've been running it back the same way every year, making different changes, and the same thing happens. You get the same result. It's like it doesn't, it's not working out for them, right? Um, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, the West is kind of weird, kind of funky. The Utah Jazz, winners of fourth straight at 10-3, and three are your number one seed right now. Um but I thought they were taking, so they're going to have to trade Jordan Clarkson, probably Laurie Markkinen, um, if they want to go full tank mode to get some picks. But but they're they're not just backing down from anyone. They're putting up a fight. Also, the Portland Trailblazers. I was telling you, man, I like the Portland Trailblazers this year. I liked them as an eight seed, though, um, even though with Damon, Damian Lillard was injured for a little bit. Uh, the winners are three straight. They're nine and three. They're fun to watch because no one expected them to be good. I expected, them, I expected them to be okay. Not great, but, you know, okay, where they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, they're going to make the play-in, and they'll win that, and they'll make it as an eight seed, and they'll play whoever's the number one seed. Seven or eight seed, that's what I had. But, uh, but yeah, I'm happy for uh, City of Portland. Hopefully they can continue and then, you know, have a good playoff run. Grizzlies, three seed, that's not surprising. The Suns, not super surprising, eight and four. Then you have the Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, six and six, Mavs at six and five. The bottom... Yeah, the Lakers are at two and ten, losers of five straight. Remember when they won their first game? They um, they dumped water on Darvin Ham. I was like, dude, you realize there's like seventy two more game, seventy two more of these that we have to try to win in the season, right? Like this isn't like one big playoff game or something. This is your first NBA game, so they're two and ten. Uh, Warriors five and seven. They just beat the Cavs yesterday in a great game. Um, okay, so a few things here. The Clippers, I'm worried about the Clippers because they're going to do the same thing. Kawhi Leonard's like not fully healthy. He has to miss some time again. And they're already load managing him. Um, I don't know. I'm just like, I always like the Clippers. And then they always they always do something like this every year. So um, can't be with the Clippers because um, they, they just can't have Kawhi Leonard. He's just not the same player. He's not consistently healthy, which is a problem, right? Um, so we'll see. So then you have to have those younger guys. Not the younger guys, but the depth, the bench guys playing more minutes, right? Um, and then, so the, with the thing with the Lakers, uh, two and ten, 
I don't know what moves they have. The only move is to trade Russell Westbrook, but I don't know what you're going to get in return. You need like another, you need a shooter, like another all-star caliber player, but no other team is going to give that up for uh, Russell Westbrook. You could trade with, like with Utah, maybe if they want to give up like Jordan Clarkson, bring him back. Uh, Bradley Beal is like pretty much unavailable. Everyone's been trying to trade for Bradley Beal. Guy doesn't want to go anywhere. And I don't think he wants to go to that train wreck that's in Los Angeles, but um, LeBron has a groin injury. He was out for a little bit. And then you have Anthony Davis, who's kind of just up and down, right? But they're just, they're not good. They're going to have to, they don't have many moves left. I think the move is really, though, who you'll get the most return for is Anthony Davis. Because when he's healthy, he's really good. He's not the same Anthony Davis he was in New Orleans. And I think that's evident. Like, he's not. He's not as dominant. He kind of takes a back seat to LeBron when LeBron wants him to take the front seat. He want you to we want you to drive the bus. Be the main facilitator, be the main scorer on this team, be that dominant big that used to be, but he just doesn't play the same way anymore. Um, so I think you could get you could get some good players for Anthony Davis. I think they need to trade Anthony Davis. Keep Russell Westbrook, whatever. Cuz you're not going to get a good enough player in return. Maybe you could get like two role players, but you need something better than a role player. You need some you need some stars. Maybe you could get that with uh, an Anthony Davis trade, right? And the Timberwolves, they made like one of the biggest trades and commitments to Rudy Gobert. Those are just one of the biggest trades in NBA history. And they got worse because of it. Even Anthony Edwards, their star guard player, said, oh, I can't dunk the same because the <laughs> down low, the key is always loaded up like there's no there's no open lanes for him all the lanes are just filled because they have two seven footers they have carl anthony towns and then they have rudy gobert who can't spread the floor at all so they're both in the in the paint right there and anthony edwards can't get to the basket so he has to change his game up a little bit and there's no offensive like fluidity there like there's just clogged up down the middle and they're worse for it too so after that like, they're not as good. Rudy Gobert was always a limited player. He made all those all-star games, got that fat contract, because he was good within his role in Utah. In Utah, they didn't have a good defense, and he was, like, the only defender, only seven-footer. Now you have two of them on the court in Minnesota, which doesn't make sense because everyone else, they're doing, like, they're playing small ball. They're not having two big guys. They have, like, one big guy, but not, not both. And they have both. They went backwards. And um, it's causing issues with, with Anthony Edwards. And I thought they would be better because of this, like at least defensively, because they had some defensive issues with, especially with Carl Anthony Towns. Like he's just not good defensively. But uh, yeah, that hasn't worked out at all. All right. So we'll end this podcast with our uh, week, what is it now? Week nine? I think it's week nine of the NFL season. We'll do our parlay picks. And let's see, we'll start with. Oh, there's a Germany game. Whoa, okay. Okay, so the Germany game is the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. I'm, You know what? I'm going with the Seahawks. Plus 125. I love this team. Geno Smith, redemption story. I love Pete Carroll since he was at USC. He sent me an autograph when I was in high school. Yeah, very cool. So I still have that. Um, yeah, I'm all in on the Seahawks team. I don't I don't know why. It's just, it's just so funny to me after they trade Russell Wilson. They're just like way better now. Um, Buccaneers there are dead in the water calling it now uh, Browns at Dolphins going with the Dolphins minus 175 at home made some recent trades Bradley Chubb Jeff Wilson made an immediate impact there uh, that team's looking better preparing for the playoffs uh, Broncos at Titans 
Titans had a really good game against the Chiefs, almost beat them. Uh, most of the time it was uh, time possession. Uh, the Chiefs had most of the, most of the time of possession. They had the ball most of the game, uh, but Derrick Henry has been great. I'm going with the Titans, and I don't know how they're they're even that good right now. I think they had a weak schedule, but they you know you can make the most of who you play, right? And so they've been playing really well. Uh, Bears hosting the Lions. I guess I'll go. And the Lions still they still only have one win, right? They still haven't been that good, and I've been I've been picking the Lions every week been against the bear i'm gonna go with the lions plus 130 texans at giants going with the giants minus 220 uh, houston i just i can't say much about that one houston's just terrible jacksonville at kansas city easy kansas city minus 450 vikings at bills this one could be good um let's see is this what time are they playing okay they're playing at 10 a.m or 1 p.m eastern so those afternoon games it's not a prime time game so Kirk Cousins might actually have a good game, but I think I'm going Buffalo. They want to rebound from that loss against the New York Jets. They're just going to light up Kirk Cousins, I think. So I'm taking the Bills at minus 160. Saints at Steelers. Uh, these are both terrible teams. Um, I guess the Saints minus 120, whatever. Uh, Colts at Raiders. Okay, Jeff Saturday's debut. Let's go. Come on down. Uh, in Las Vegas, I will say... The Raiders have a lot of people on IR. Maybe the Colts are believing in Jeff Saturday, the players, and they're like, oh, we got to play for him. Um, I don't know. This could go either way, honestly. I'm going to go Colts, I guess, plus 180, because I believe in more in Sam Ellinger right now than Derek Carr, which I don't, I don't know if anyone has ever said that. Uh, Cardinals at the Rams. Um, hmm. Cardinals plus 130 or the Rams at minus 150. I hate both of these teams so much because they just – offensively, they frustrate me. Just like team-wise, they frustrate me, both also in the NFC West. I, you know, because being a 49ers fan, I hated the Seahawks the most because of all those battles in the NFC West and, like, the playoff games and with Richard Sherman and, you know, we had to deal with um, Bobby Wagner and Marshawn Lynch and stuff. And I like Marshawn Lynch because he – He's from the Bay Area, and he went to Cal. But then he goes plays for Seattle, and then I'm like, okay, now I have to hate him for a little bit. But but I always love Marshawn Lynch. But So I hated the Seahawks. And now, now that the Seahawks are actually good, I don't hate them as much as, as the Rams and the Cardinals. I just strongly dislike the Rams and the Cardinals. And I actually like the Seahawks because it, they don't have Russell Wilson anymore, and they have Geno Smith, and I can support Geno Smith. So I'm going to go, after all that, I'm going to go with the Rams, minus 150, Cowboys at Packers. Packers are also dead in the water. I'm going Cowboys minus two hundred. See Chargers. This is Sunday Night Football. Chargers at Niners. I'm going Niners minus three thirty. Playing at home. Uh, I think they'll have Debo Samuel back, and then they'll also have Christian McCaffrey. They'll have all the weapons there in San Francisco. It's a primetime game. Ooh, I'm excited to see Jimmy G throw two terrible interceptions. But hey, throw two touchdowns. All right, we'll see it. And then let's see what other one we have. This is Monday night. Eagles are hosting the Commanders. That's an easy one. Eagles minus 550. So I'm picking the only difference this week. I'm picking the Germany game. And I'm picking, is that the Thursday night game? I think that's the Thursday night game. Oh, wait, no. Thursday night game already happened because today's not Thursday. Okay. So this is for, let's see what the odds are. Odds are plus 77,280. So that's to win 7,728 dollars so that's our picks here and that's it for this week's episode thank you for joining me enjoy 
uh, your sports weekend, and we'll talk next week. I'm hoping earlier um, in the week, so I'm hoping Monday. I was a little busy last Monday, so I couldn't do it this past Monday. But, um, yeah, I've changed jobs soon, so I think my schedule will change again, and I won't have that Monday off. Um, so I'll have to, we'll have to find out, but that's not until the week after next when I start. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Take care.